Walk out the door, you see someone that you know, and they ask you how you are, and you just have to say that you're fine. Yeah. Okay. really fine but you just can't get into it because they would never understand hello you're listening to you okay hun a weekly advice podcast i'm your host the first man to be rejected from mensa for being too smart dave (laughs) (laughs) and i'm uh, 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 how do we do this again i'm mona lisa serial killer pen pal vampire and we're going to combine our years of experience listening to people complain and our complete lack of qualifications to solve a mixture of your problems and funny problems other people have that we found on the internet. I will read the problems and my spiritual mentor, Mona Lisa, will do the emotional labour, provide the realness and guide us to a workable solution. Or at least that's how it is supposed to work. Mm-hmm. Normally I would do the bit after that, but that's like kind of asking for reviews. But now I want problems. And I did not write an intro that's like, please give us problems, please. Yeah, we need more listener problems. Mm -hmm. So what's the hold up, people? What's the hesitation? Do you feel like your problem isn't interesting enough? Do you feel like you're going to be judged? I don't want to... Are you just an asshole that thinks you don't have any problems? I don't want to come across as arrogant here. But of all the listener problems we've dealt with so far, rave reviews about the advice... (laughs) We've really enhanced some lives, and I feel like you should be part of that too. Could be a could be a problem with your partner. Could be a problem with your job. Could be a problem with your mum. Could be a problem with your pet. Could be a problem with anything. Could be funny. Could be serious. Could be yeah. It could be funny. It could be stupid. About could be a ghost. I mean, mental, honestly, yeah, got bad mental health. I can relate. Tell me about it. In fact, you know what, right? A lot of people criticise that when you say, like, oh, don't just make yourself available for people who have mental health problems. Fuck you, tell me. Tell me about your mental health problems now. I insist that you tell me about them. Share. Share with me now. Do it. Yeah, please. Please submit your problems. Yeah, please. And you can submit those on... You can submit them through email. That's youokhunpodcast at gmail.com. On Twitter, at youokhunpodcast. And on Curious Cat, which is completely anonymous, so you don't even have to let us know who you are, that's curiouscat.me slash youokhun. Also, we should... I don't know if I'm jumping the gun. Lisa has a list here. I don't know if I'm jumping ahead of myself. I have a list. I have a list. Well, really, we just need to address... We the, should have the, an Instagram soon, is all I was going to say there. Okay, that's true. So we also, we will have an Instagram that you can message us on. So that'll be um, nice. Well, I was going to just address the technical issues that we had last episode. Yes. Um. So, I don't know. People that know us know that, like, Dave's kind of quite casual. Like, you know, sometimes it happens. Technical issues or issues happen and we miss a week. I am crazy about it mm-hmm. and I'm, like, tortured when we miss a week. I hate things like that happening. Yep. I hate us being late yep. like we are again this week. I hate... I really hate it. Mm-hmm. We had some technical problems. A computer crashed. We lost the episode. We didn't have time to record it because we have had an incredibly busy week last week. Absolutely. Um, Many things happened... Many of which I was forced to go in the sunlight, which yes. was the worst part of it. Lisa does not respond well to the sunlight. As you may have heard of the intro, vampire. Mm. Um, she's actually just like a pile of ash with fangs at the moment. Mm. Yeah. 
I'm not here for that summer life. No, no, I'm not really a big summer person. I like winter, I like layers. Because the good thing about layers is... Hide your fat. Yeah, the fact, you know, my body looks like a sack of melted candles. Mm. But when I've got layers on, oh, he could be really handsome and ripped, potentially. It isn't even just that, right? Firstly, yeah, I like a layer. I mean, I am a huge fan of sunglasses, which I kind of wear all year round. Yes. So, so that's the only good thing. But you know that's my pure great bugbear in life, though. What? Well, you can't wear sunglasses when it's cold. Well, you can wear sunglasses when it's cold, but people act like you're like, oh, I can't believe you're wearing those. It's so cold. I'm like, they're not to keep your eyes yeah, for Yeah, they're not. Cool. It's nothing to do with temperature. They're for the sun. The sun yeah. is there all the time. My issue with sun is that I just hate the kind of joyful attitude it brings out on people. I know. Stop enjoying your life. She's also, just everyone's just so like, oh, it's sunny. Should we have a barbecue? And like, be outside. And, you know, I'm just like, no. Everyone's all like sweaty and naked and feeling themselves. Oh, and they're all the- just bumbling about with like, with a barbecue in one hand and like a cocktail in the other in the office at work. And you're just like, and what you know, are you doing? You're at things work. things just that get brought out at summertime. Frisbees. Like, honestly, oh, you can frisbees. fuck you and oh, your frisbees. Straw- oh, straw hats. Oh, oh should, should I put my everyone, straw hat I mean, on today? Oh, it's, it's functional. It provides me shade, but also it's light. You should just stop cutting me off, you bitch. This is my rant about summer. I also don't like, like, I'm talking about how difficult it is for us to dress in summer. Like, I don't want to see your ugly outfits in summer, as in everyone. I just, it's just the joyfulness. We went to a place and there was children and there was, like, naked children. And I just don't want to see that. I don't care. I don't want to be around your ugly children eating ice cream. I, I just, I just don't like summer. And I don't like, I don't know what it is about. Everyone just has a certain attitude in summer. There's also a kind of intense craziness. You know, like, people do stuff in the heat that they wouldn't do any other time. Mm-hmm. Also, like, public transport or being in a place where you're, like, surrounded by other people's sweat is, like, my worst nightmare. Mm-hmm. I just can't deal with it. Disclaimer. When Lisa was talking about your ugly children, <laughs> she wasn't talking about the children of any listener. It was a bunch of other children who just happened to be very ugly that she was referring to. Your children are beautiful and we love them. That's true. Um, we would also like, if anyone's got... Um, well, we've also been really busy. Mm. <sighs> Ugh, I'm sorry. I'm, I can't talk today. Yeah, we've also been really busy um, preparing our Patreon episodes. Yes. So soon we'll have a Patreon, which we're, you can sign up for. We're going to do a Patreon. And we've been preparing the episodes, which will be slightly different from our regular episodes. Yeah. But on the same... Yeah, basically what we're going to do is we're going to set up a Patreon, and if you subscribe for, like, a couple of quid a month or something, we'll do, like, extra episodes where we just do more kind of topical discussion about things that pop up in podcasts or other things that are interesting, just because we like doing that. Um, And we're keeping it on the Patreon because... Uh, it doesn't necessarily fit the mould of what we're doing on this show, but I also do think that we would like to do it and it would be interesting. Would be, and people have asked yeah. about it, so... Yeah, so there'll be more themed episodes about, yeah, exactly. themed about episodes. topics that sort of come up yeah. within the episodes. Totally. Um, and our thoughts on how that impacts our life. Yeah. Um, What's next on the list, Lisa? Guests. Guests. Yes. I love having a guest on. We haven't had a guest in a while, we need to get some guests all up in here. Yeah, so if anyone's got any suggestions for some guests, um, anyone wants to be a guest, uh-huh. anyone 
Um, we need guests. Come on the podcast. Yeah, Come on the podcast and bring us a problem. Bring us someone else's problem. Bring us a cake. Bring me a cake. <laughs> I will eat the cake. Yeah, that's that's all I've got so far. That's no. all I've got on our list. Is that the list? Oh, Wait. should I introduce the... So... <laughs> what? So, basically, I, I don't know when you want to do this, because you've taken this so far. I have. So, I had this idea, right, because... Right, we all know that Berbatov likes to come on... Berbatov, our cat, Berbatov, one of our cats, who's a very vocal guy, he likes to come on the podcast, and it's weird because he'll sleep a lot, and he never wakes up nor, like around that time, but every time we do the podcast, he will wake up and meow. So I thought it would be funny, a lot of people mention him in the reviews, I thought it'd be funny if we, like, you know, tell a little a bit about Berbatov's story, yeah. why he's so annoying. Yeah. <laughs> um, Dave took this really far. I d- look, I'll, I'll be honest. <laughs> I went a little bit too far with this. I got a little bit too involved, and I have, I have a thing in front of me. I'd like to, I'd like to to do, um, but it's very much out with the realms of what we normally do in the podcast. Might seem a little strange. I but think we should. Just I feel like we should. I, I feel like we, we need to just, it. you know, we need to sort of provide some context to the Berbatov situation. Because you, you, you brought this up, right? My concern was that people would think that we just hate Berbatov. No, we love Berbatov, but he's the worst. No, that was my concern, because you sound like you hate him. Okay, well, I was trying to just bring you in on it, but yes, it's basically that it sounds like I hate him. I don't hate him. I love him like a broken, smelly son. <laughs> so, Maybe you could write these types of things for, for both of us. Maybe. <laughs> Yeah, okay, we could have a, we could do that. We could profile some people. Because you, Dave has is a really has got like a really strange talent of really perfectly one speaking in other people's voices and two just having just not a like way. impressions. I'm bad at impressions. <laughs> Apart from Camera the Frog, my Camera the Frog is okay, and I can also do a, a passable Miss Piggy as well. Check this out. Or Camera the Frog, Kermit. I think they were both pretty accurate. Oh, I want to leave the podcast. You do, you're leaving there. Bye, <laughs> bye. Um, so, can, oh, can we just move past Dave's terrible impressions there? Some say terrible. But Dave's, you've just got a really great s- storytelling ability. Yeah, so... Um, so, I think we should just go for it. Okay. <clears throat> you ready for this, bad boy? Yes. This take a while, so buckle yourselves <laughs> in for story time. Once upon a time, a cat was born. Like his brothers and sisters, this cat had been born with a purpose. Some of us are born for greatness. Others are born to sacrifice themselves for the good of humanity. Some are born to enrich the world around them with their grace and knowledge. Not this cat, though. Not this hairy old boy. He was born for one purpose and one purpose alone. Shagging. (laughs) Named Oscar, after other similarly hairy garbage person, Oscar the Grouch, presumably, this cat was sadly born into the feline sex trade. (laughs) He had a beautiful coat and he loved to sing. But his cruel, malicious owners kept him locked in a cage in the garden where he lived with four other horny sex cats, their only purpose in life to listlessly hump lady cats and give them litters upon litters of kittens which could be sold on at a premium to middle-class women who wanted an exotic animal. (laughs) Unfortunately for Oscar, he was the weakest in the outside cage and he often lost fights with the bigger, stronger gigolos he lived with. Although his coat was still beautiful, his time in the cage had changed him, had weathered him. He was missing teeth. One of his canines was broken. He looked like a real gummy dickhead. And inside his ear, 
a benign polyp had formed, from which a constant sluice of malodorous secretions would seep, creating a righteous pong wherever he went. He was one wretched, stinky little cat. You doing, you doing okay over there? <laughs> you having a good time? <laughs> For five years, Oscar knew nothing but sensual suffering. He birthed litter after litter of kittens with women whose names he never knew and wouldn't remember if he did. All he knew was cold, fear, violence and hot sex. Until one day, something changed. He was wrenched from his chicken wire prison by the same hands that delivered him to the cat boudoir whenever they needed his seed. But this time, this time was different. At first, they took him to a sterile room where a bad man made him go night-night and when he awoke, his beloved testicles were gone, a sad, furry sack remaining in their place. His one purpose in life, the singular act that gave him meaning, they had taken that from him. Are you okay? I'm trying to tell a story and you're ruining it with your noises. Oscar thought his time was up and that his captors wanted one more cruel and unusual punishment for him before they left him for the birds. But he was wrong. For, unbeknownst to Oscar, he was being delivered unto his saviours. Two beautiful, intelligent, strong and amazing people by the names of Mona Lisa and Dave had been working tirelessly to have him released from his shackles and provide him a comfort the likes of which he had never known. When he arrived at his forever home, he was sensually overwhelmed by the experience. This place, this house, wasn't like his prison. He did not sleep in a wooden box in the bitter cold. He did not lay on wood chips and sawdust. As he took his first tentative steps out of the couch, he could not contain the sensations that overwhelmed him. He let out one of his trademark sulfuric farts and drool streamed between his broken teeth as if someone had turned on a tap that only ran gross, fishy water. He let out a triumphant meow, for he knew this was home. They refused to use his slave name, Oscar. Instead, they called him Berbatov, after a footballer renowned for his grace and poise, which was ironic because Berbatov the cat was a clumsy oaf who stank of shit. It wasn't all sunshine and roses at first. Despite losing his testicles, he was still emotionally damaged and insisted on spending his recreation time making love to a round, soft, plushy teddy bear. Mona Lisa and Dave held a wedding ceremony so they wouldn't be living in sin and Berbatov soon forgot his trauma and settled down with his round bear wife. Fast forward eight years and Berbatov has become older, deafer, smellier, louder, rapier and more annoying than ever before. But it doesn't matter because Mona Lisa and Dave love him all the same. The end. You okay there? Yeah, so I hadn't heard that, obviously. <laughs> oh my God. That's the story of Berbatov. Oh so hopefully God. people understand now. There why... he is. Oh look, he just fucking looked around. Did you hear your story? Berbals. Did you like it? Berbals. 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 He's Come not here. coming. He's not coming. Oh my God. Yeah, Berbals is an odd guy and he, he sort of hangs on me. He doesn't sit like a cat. He sort of hangs on me like a monkey. Like a small baby monkey. And like when I sleep, he just like... And it's, it's like... I, I watched a documentary about sleep paralysis and people talked about... <laughs> When they when they would feel like something was sitting on them when they were sleeping, or they'd wake up to like yeah. like you know like terrifying cat creatures sitting on them and demons. That's kind of how I sleep with Berbatov. He just sort of 
has to sit on top of me. He can't sit next to me. He can't sit next to Yeah, he needs to plonk us. himself on your chest. And he's got this way of making himself very heavy, like a little ball. Yeah, because he's very small compared to but our But his hands cap. are sharp. He's got ha- sharp Not hands. like he's got claws. Yeah, well, like his hands are made out of knuckles. Like when he walks on you, it's like you're getting four noogies at once. But like, yeah, he's also very small compared to our other cat. But he's very weighty when he just lies down. Yeah. he's He likes the story. He does like his stories over meowing about it. That was very good, thank you. I appreciate the, the effort that you've put into that. Hey, Bear Balls! Right, okay. Um, so that was the story of Bear Batoff. I hope that's helped uh, shed some light on our attitude towards him. And I hope that no one thinks that we actually hate him because I love him very much. He is just probably the greatest burden I've ever known in my life. You gonna speak, Bear Balls? No. He's going to sniff the microphone. Put him down. He's, he's, he's ruining everything, to be honest. He's ruining it. You're ruining everything, Berbatov. Right. Um, should we move on to our first problem? Yes. So, how long have we been doing this for? I mean, like... like 15 minutes. Yeah. Sorry, that, that was a very long story. I'm sorry. We'll get on to our first problem. Now, um, obviously, we had problems last week, so this information may be a little bit out of date, but I still think it's an interesting topic. We should cover it anyway. Yeah, you were so, so passionate to cover it. I was really interested in covering it because I just think the whole thing is... Uh, equal parts tragic and hilarious. Okay, so, go. <clears throat> here we are, Russell, Russell, Russell. Dear Mona Lisa and Dave, what have I done? People used to tell me I was one of the most important voices for working class Americans, that I had been the first not to fetishise or mock white collar families for cheap laughs, but to build an emotional and relatable connection to them. Much like the globalist pedos make connections across the borders in order to traffic child sex slaves into Hollywood so they can have a satanic blood orgy after the Oscars goes off air. But my fall from grace has been swift, sudden and painful. That's the problem with you lefty liberal snowflake cucks. You just can't call anyone who disagrees with you a racist Nazi. All I did was refer to a black woman as an ape. Why can't they see the context? I didn't mean it as a racist dog whistle, I meant it as a compliment. I mean, I did also imply that she was in the Muslim Brotherhood, but no one seems to really have noticed that part, which is great for me because I can't really think of a way out of that one. Anyway, it was clearly a compliment. I love when people remark on my similarity with CGI monkeys. How was I supposed to know it's been used as a racial slur against black people for centuries? Am I meant to know everything? Of course, the fake news lib media jumped on my mistake, and even though it was totally innocent, they got my show cancelled. Good job, racists. There were black staff on that show. Well, there were a couple of left. Most of them had quit already, on account of my racism. Anyway, the point is, what happened to good old free speech? I'm so sick of being marginalised just because I'm a Trump supporter. That's all this boils down to. All the lib sickos are just jealous because we're making America great again. The stock market is at a record high, everyone has several jobs, and the price of a simple medical procedure that you can have for free almost anywhere in the developed world is down in price to only $400,000. What should I do? My name has been dragged through the mud just for having a different opinion. The crybullies have taken away my sitcom which I think is actually against the constitution for some reason. Have I done something wrong here? Or is this just a larger globalist conspiracy paid for by George Soros to get that communist Obama and his anti-fascist army back into power? I think it's the latter, probably. 
Anyway, I need to go to the pharmacy and pick up some more racism pills. I'm nearly out. Hope you can help. If not, I guess I'll accept Alex Jones's offer to be a new host on Infowars. Yours truly, Roseanne Barr. Yeah. So, you don't seem to... You seem to have used most of your emotional energy on the the Berbatov letter. It was, it was really funny, and I just I laughed. It was, it was, yeah, it was good. Um, so we're a little bit late on the whole Roseanne. Sorry, Roseanne writing the letter to us. Uh, we read her letter that she sent us a couple of weeks ago. A little bit too late. Yep. Um, um, on account of the technical issues last week. But I think Roseanne serves as a great representation. Yes. Of a wider cultural trend. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and what happened to her? Was she always like this? So I um, because I guess researched back in the it a day, little bit. It was hard to know. Well, it was weird because like there was there was a lot of like on on Roseanne back in the day there was a lot of kind of like traditional like working class mm. protest stuff like more worker related. Mm. So maybe a little bit more kind of socialist and also there was the the there was a big plot. About the the like their boss or whatever being a creep and all the women quit because of it, which is and you know they were just like yeah women rule or whatever some kind of like you know kind of like sassy nineties message about feminism. Right, got it, got it, yeah. So like I don't know, it, it's really weird that she ended up an absolute crackpot. Like, because she really is. Because well, I have basically because because we're going to come and talk about this. I want to have a little look at sort of what kind of conspiratorial stuff she believes, and it's fucking nuts. Right, so the real crazy stuff. Yeah, so... I, I know she believes in Pizzagate, right? Well, I mean, she believes in Pizzagate. She started off with Pizzagate, but you know that has evolved now. No, so maybe just give a quick clarification so, of Pizzagate. Maybe I could talk about some of the things that Roseanne Barr believes. Okay. That'd be okay? Yeah. Okay, so let me just consult my little uh, my notes here. So, obviously there's Pizzagate. So, I'm pretty sure everyone has heard of Pizzagate in passing, but what I think is people don't really understand just how prevalent it is. Mm. You can still, you can probably find less about it now because, like, the the name and the concept of it has evolved past this Pizzagate thing. But, ostensibly, for anyone who's been living under a rock, there's just a bunch of, like, really crazy, like, right-wing American sort of boomers, baby boomers, mm. who believe that the the dem the American Democrats and the Hollywood elite are actually all secret Satan worshipping paedophiles and that the Comet Ping Pong restaurant in Washington DC um had like a basement lair where all the kids were locked up. So basically what they do is they look at all the statistics about children that go missing and people that are in sex trafficking and they assume they're all in America. And they're they're all children, and they're all getting uh, sexually assaulted by their political enemies, essentially. Now, I grew up on the internet, and basically what's happened here is cheese pizza is just a a word or a phrase that people on 4chan used to joke about meaning child porn. And that's why they called it, that's why the people that created that called it Pizzagate, because it's like a funny troll. people actually came up with that concept then. Well, so obviously you can't ever trace the the background no, to these things because of where they where the internet they come from. Yeah. It's like none of the information on four chan is permanent. There's no records mm. of it. It just disappears off the server or whatever. So, um, I'm I'm hundred percent certain it came from from four chan though. So much of this kind of weird yeah, yeah, yeah. culture war crazy. stuff, like the weird, the really weird things, like comes from four chan. Like you need to mention that the a guy actually went oh, yeah. to the pizza place. Yeah, so a guy actually went to Comet Ping Pong Pizza. 
um, with a gun. Yeah, a very forced, big gun. Yes, well, because it's America, you know, so it's mm. got to be a very big gun. Sure. Don't want a six-shooter. You need to have an assault rifle to fucking go to Walmart now. Mm. So, like, he went in there with a gun. Um, thankfully, no one was hurt, mm. uh, but he basically just forced everyone to get out, forced the staff, locked them in the kitchen, and then went investigating so he could free all these ch- children that were From in there locked the basement up. that yes. didn't exist. Yeah. Now, obviously, what the problem with any kind of, like, absolutely inane conspiracy like that is it can only go as far as as the kind of lie it can uphold. Mm. So when things like that started happening, it's like you can't continue to believe it because there is literally zero evidence. There's nothing. Like, absolutely nothing of any kind. Um, so what's happened with that is it's, it moves on to other conspiracies. One of them that Roseanne again believes in is about, there's a low-level Democratic Party worker called Seth Rich. Have you heard of that? No. So Seth Rich was like a low-level um, Democratic Party like staffer or something. Right. And he was shot um, one, one morning, I think, um, just on the street. And they never found who did it. Right. And so... Basically, people. I mean, this is this is this one's gone as far as Fox News, right? But people believe that he was shot by the Democratic Party. He was assassinated by Hillary Clinton because he had leaked information about the DNC to the to like the media or to the Trump campaign or something. So it's this big conspiracy to have him killed. Now he was probably just random. It was just random mugging or something. But like the 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 Seth Rich conspiracy has made like like I said, all the way from someone like Roseanne it's even been mentioned on Fox News. Other things that Roseanne believes. Do you know who George Soros is? Yeah. So George Soros obviously is like a really big pariah for a type of person that we're going to talk about in a little bit more detail once we've gone through crazy things that Roseanne believes. Mm-hmm. But um, she, Roseanne is one of the many people who believes that George Soros did the Holocaust, basically. That he helped the Nazi scientists. Now, a couple of things about that. During the Holocaust, George Soros was seven years old. Um, also during during the Holocaust and following afterwards, forever basically, George Soros is Jewish. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's another one that that, that one c- continues to kind of exist basically. But all these conspiracies have led to the place we're at just now, which is the most current one that everyone likes. It's QAnon. Have you heard of the QAnon conspiracy? I've heard of it. I don't so, really know much about it. Basically, on 4chan, these cryptic posts started to appear. Uh, and the user was called Q something. So on 4chan, everyone's posts are anonymous, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? So, um, and basically, the, these like very, very cryptic posts that appear. And the, I say cryptic, not cryptic in a sort of mentally challenging way that you might think, oh, I must unpack this. But cryptic like, you know, like you're someone someone who got kicked off the, the writing team for Lost for being too like derivative and oh, right, right. do you know what I mean like that sort of cryptic <laughs> um, so basically the, the QAnon thing all the pizza basically what it is is because it's so it's so vague and ambiguous and cryptic everyone has just taken their conspiracy which is starting to get ah, okay, choked okay. and exhausted because there's no evidence and they've gone aha confirmation bias got it, got the, it. this is about my conspiracy I love this right. so Pizzagate has now evolved into QAnon Right. And he also covers, you know, everything else. All the globalists, all the Jews, all the fucking um, the the people that are putting drugs in Trump's food to make him weaker or whatever. All this stuff, right? Right. I actually have one of the QAnon posts here. I'm just going to read it to you. Okay. Okay. Um, and let's just let me know what you think about this. Right? Okay. This is this is this is going to blow the whole thing apart. This is the evidence that everyone needs to know that there's a global pedophile ring. Okay. <clears throat> News unlocks map. Future proves past. Why was the Lord's Prayer posted? Which version? 
Why is this relevant? What just came out? Are the Lord's Prayer? What can be connected? Do you believe in coincidences? Re-review the map. Post-relevant news drops. Godfather 3. Q. And that's all... There's no images or anything? No, no, just that. Just that. That's proof. That's to someone like Roseanne Barr. That's what. Well, there must be something going on because I, I mean, feel I feel disgruntled. So there must be a global paedophile ring. It's reminded me a little bit of the Slender Man. Yes. But the thing with the Slender Man mm-hmm. is, the Slender Man. Obviously, people don't know anything about Slender Man. There's an amazing documentary on it. Um, and obviously that was a creepy pasta. Mm-hmm. It was well started as actually as an image competition, and then it, then it was very visual, and then it went to the, and then the the, sto- the kind of story, the kind of digital kind of myth of the this character called the Slender Man, but it actually was quite developed. Uh-huh. The the kind of the story and the myth behind this person, this this character, the Slender Man. It actually became quite solid quite fast. Uh-huh. And that's actually the difference with it. Like didn't something happen recently with the whole so, Slender Yeah, Man the documentary is about two little girls in America who uh-huh. like believed in the Slender Man uh-huh. and the in order they actually stabbed another little girl. And the other little girl actually survived, but they stabbed her like 16 times. Jeez. And it's crazy. And I think they actually just got their final sentences. Well, and the documentaries about this, and a lot of it talks basically about, you know, what people are reading online, especially children. And it's very much that aspect. But what's funny about this is, obviously a lot of that documentary focuses on, you know, children reading stuff online and not yeah. understanding that that's well, not true. I mean, look, who who children have soft brains, <laughs> and who is the, the person with the next softest brain? It's baby boomers. It isn't that that's what's so interesting about it? Because obviously, part of you when you <clears throat> hear about the Slenderman, the crime that these little girls yeah. did, you think, how could these little girls believe this? Yeah, that this character, mm-hmm. you know, was was real. But then you think, okay, so it's you know, perhaps mm-hmm. children they don't understand. You know, that's like watching a, a, a movie, a horror mm-hmm, movie, and totally, thinking that's yeah. real. Um, but again, I would even say, that actually, in their defence, the Slenderman thing, like, people really jumped on that, and, mm. like, the, the there was so much imagery created, mm. so many stories, the story grew, people added to it, everyone had their own version, mm-hmm. and it was this huge kind of internet phenomenon. So, actually, that was way more fleshed out than anything that these people are believing. Yeah. And that's really what's so <clears throat> scary about it. So what you've talked to me about this before, and there's a lot of words that I remember you speaking about. Can you call it like a is it like a collective delusion or something? Or what? What is that? What is the the mechanism by which people just buy into these things? Because that's one of my big issues is that I don't think people, in general, like in day to day life, understand how big a movement there is behind these absolutely crazy kind of post Trump. Mid, it's predominantly again, middle-aged whoa, people conspiracies. See, this is what, in a way, part of me thinks, you know, and it's interesting because, again, see if you use the example of the little girls in the Slender Man case, mm-hmm. like they were very young, they were very vulnerable, they became very obsessed, and it did mm-hmm. become a very sheer delusion. You could even almost say it was a falloir, how do you pronounce it? I don't remember. The, 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 which is... Uh, 
the madness of two, which is a, a like a psychological concept about a sheer delusion. You could even say it was that that they had. Mm-hmm. But that's again, there's a lot of kind of different things that you'd have to consider. The the fact that they were very close friends. They they kind of they kind of shared a lot of interests. Mm-hmm. They they were kind of only exposed to a certain. They were only exposing themselves to these certain websites and a certain information. And obviously they don't have the maturity and the sort of experience mm. to have a, an understanding that, okay, these things aren't true or whatever. Mm-hmm. But What's the excuse for well, fucking growing Well, that's what I don't understand. It's so odd because, like, <clears throat> any... Because we could say no rational person would mm. believe that. But in reality, we can't just claim these people are irrational, even though we want to. But like, well, even if they, even if they are irrational, there's too many of them doing it that like you can't just write it off by saying they're but irrational. But then part right? of me does you have think to deal with it. That like you know, not to be, not to be ageist, but there is an element of people past a certain generation almost don't understand the internet in just the same way mm. that a child may not. You know, they're attributing like a certain amount of authority yeah, to something completely. like that. Instead of you, because you should view everything you read online with complete skepticism because everyone's got an agenda and everything's all, always like a very, very direct look at one very small piece of a huge Especially puzzle. Especially coming from, from, but then when I think about it, actually, see even people of any age in a kind of air quote sort of normy world people that don't go and view the kind of deep dark places that aren't it yeah. they wouldn't even understand something like 4chan exists and yeah. what it exists and what goes on there and how people it's like trolling culture people don't seem to understand well, you know I'll give you a great you know example I mean, of that 4chan troll trolling culture mm. so there's a thing that, that, that's that been screenshots you can trace this that originated on 4chan <clears throat> and it was um, like you would hold your you hold your fingers together and make like the okay sound with your yeah. hand, you know what I mean? Am yeah, I describing yeah, yeah, that well yeah. enough? I'm doing, yeah, it to yeah. I'm doing it to Lisa just now. She thinks the description's adequate. It's like, you're you're doing that, right, and there's a couple of kind of like alt-right media journalists obviously who got to go to the White House when Trump became president because the world is now upside down. Um, and they were like, they did that. Now, the thing on 4chan was that, oh, we'll, dig, we'll make this symbol, right, and we'll trick all the pure idiot libs and we'll say that it's a white supremacist symbol. So they did that, and all the media was like journalist pictured making white supremacist symbol at White House. Now you've made it up. You've told everyone. You're, you're so basically you, a troll. Yeah, you're, you think you're trolling, but like, it doesn't have any other meaning. You've just literally said this is what it means. So that's yeah, what that's it means the, now. But that that's I guess that's the point though, isn't it? Like in a way, the, the trolls and 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 I guess I'm not saying everyone. I guess four trans users. I'm using the term troll as a sort of. Catch all. Time. Oh yeah, you're you're very you're very but safe like, to call. In a way, though, trolls. but that's the thing we say because if you if you understand the internet, you know that they're trolls and that's you know whatever you know. Mm-hmm. But in reality, that's not actually how a lot of people are seeing them now. They actually have the power mm-hmm. to change things. You well, know, there's enough of a mass movement. There's still yeah. enough of them. You know, and in a way, I kind of feel like is that perhaps what's happening with these old people that are believing these conspiracies? Are they just not understanding? You know, are their brains just a little bit more like? But they're being radicalized by extreme, and extremely stupid lies on the internet. And, and obviously, and, it's people that are very vocal about it. But you know a lot about conspiracies, Lisa, and mm. you've you've told me before. Like, once someone's in a conspiracy, it's not just there's no convincing them. You know, so well, just, there's mean, no just saying, "Well, actually, here's well, the evidence." That's the problem for the as well, because in a way, it's like. Once you're in a conspiracy, it's like every—it's almost like being in a cult. Yeah. Like everything, anytime anyone tries to kind of 
explain to you why that's dumb. That's yeah. almost like it becomes a very much like me versus them type situation. Right. So like every time anyone tries to tell you like Pizzagate, that's ridiculous or whatever, it's like it's like the whole reptilian thing, you know, like mm-hmm. the powerful people in the world are reptiles yes completely yeah and it's almost like it's like that thing where it's like anytime anyone tells you well they're not reptiles that's insane it's like that's exactly what a reptile would say yeah totally so I'm like well you're kind of in this like cycle now Mm. and uh, I guess it's so hard because it can be we can be very dismissive of this you know like how can anyone believe this insane thing like the Pizzagate everyone probably reads that and think who the fuck would believe that well, actually, quite a lot of people. Mm. That's the. This is that's the real fucking tea, isn't it? Yeah. The the weird the insanity is already here. Totally. And actually, it's not just like, I guess it's that perception that it's like crazy people with mm. like tinfoil hats are the only people who kind of believe in conspiracies. Yeah. Not anymore, bitch. Not anymore. That's no. Not, like now, very powerful people believe these things, it's and like, that's it, terrifying. Yeah, getting getting like exposed to conspiracies was something that happened to a much smaller amount of people before. Whereas yeah. now, it's just like you could go on Facebook tomorrow and you could click something thinking it was legitimate, and it you could get there, and it could be like, for example, we did Hillary Clinton last week. I had to look up uh, when I was doing some Instagram posting about it from a personal Instagram. I had to look up some articles about or some pictures rather at that time she was eating the drinking the water and the alien egg came out of her mouth. Mm. Now, obviously, I was just like, "Ha, hey, that's funny. People think that's an alien egg. But I found that attached to articles that were like, is Hillary Clinton from outer space? Is this some sort of alien gene program? And is she a reptile? It, and it's funny because, to be honest, right, that's always kind of existed. Mm-hmm. There has always been crazy stuff like that. Like, about every famous person or every... You know what I mean? This is this has been a really common thing. But I guess it's people and were mm. people were able to sort of interpret that more rationally I guess yeah well, whereas now it's, it's, it is really odd to be honest it's even surprising to me that the level of sort of delusion that a lot of these people are having Absolutely. but then I think it's very kind of loud voices like mm. people like Roseanne or um, yeah your man from Info, Alex Jones. Oh my God, from Info. Yes. You know, like people, and they talk about these things and mm-hmm. they put them out there and <clears> they can be very convincing. And then, you know, there's 50, you know, there's a lot of really dangerous YouTube channels that are about conspiracies. Yes. And they they put together these things and to a lot of people, these are very convincing arguments. Well, I think that something like that, that those conspiracies and those like very base, like it's the Jews things like that. These, to me, personally, I think, are, like, very easy to to, to consume, yeah, easy want, to digest. You want to, not, you want to believe it. Yeah, they're easy to mm. digest. Ex- things that give you a reason for your disenfranchisement. So, Completely, Like, yeah. so someone like Roseanne is, you know, older, um, successful, has a bunch of money and stuff, but still feels a little bit squeezed by mm. life under late capitalism. And... I think a big problem is that understanding the the problems that you live in mean confronting and yielding some of your privilege. And uh, people are just we are we are extremely individualistic as people now, and it's asking someone in the West to give up their privilege is like asking them to, to jump in front of a train or something. That's what they see it as. So I think people's brains are just much more are more drawn to something that says it's not <clears> your fault well, it's this crazy fantastical I mean, I, lizard race I, it just made me think about that ultimately though it's like digital folklore because and that's kind of how mm, I described the Slenderman thing totally. and it's like ultimately we've human beings 
have always struggled to deal with certain aspects of their own world. Yes. And in order to cope with that, they create myth and folklore and like fantastical things, you know, like vampires and werewolves mm. and, you know, all these ridiculous creatures and, you know, perhaps that's what's happening just in a sort of modern sense. Mm. You know, pe- perhaps people just can't accept that, you know, they work this hard and the life is still this shit. So they're like, oh, well, fuck, it's the lizard people, you know? Maybe it is just that. Maybe, you know, we act like sometimes, you know, like, oh, the past people were really, like, ignorant and, you know, but now we're so sort of civilised. Well, in totally. reality, I don't think we are. Totally. I think we're still just, like, you know, dumb animals trying to figure out how the world <laughs> works. You know, because, see, when you were yeah. talking about that, I was like, oh, that's actually the same That's the same in the way that a lot of these different things would happen throughout history. Mm. And I'm like, it's 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 really unusual, though. I think for me, it's not unusual that people believe it necessarily. I think it's the amount yeah. they believe it. But I guess because we are we live in such a connected world, totally, it makes it easier to like reach more people. Therefore, that spreads a lot faster. Absolutely. You know. Ooh. Oh, you're so smart. I love you. Uh, am I? Yeah, you're really pretty as well, but that's not the only thing you are. You're also very talented and smart. <laughs> you should always believe in yourself. Thanks. Oh, right. Um, Roseanne, it's so hard. I just yeah. want to tell her to fuck off, to be know, honest. But what, do, just... what do you do? With, I mean, what literally, what do you do with someone who is that far down the rabbit hole? Because we're going to have... This is a, a, a reality we're all going to have yeah. to face sooner rather than later because it's just getting worse. It's getting more prevalent. It's I infectious. Think, I think we have to start first, and it's interesting because talking about things like vampires and everything, right? Mm. Okay, so that's a great one. So how did the vampire myth start? Ultimately, it's because people didn't understand the process of a decaying body. That's right, yeah. So like, you know, decaying bodies like bloat and, um, you know, they make sounds and everything like that. And all these different things mm. led people to think these bodies were like, feeding and still you know what I mean so that's basically a vampire myth started yeah yeah totally and you'd think why do people I mean that's kind of insane we would never believe that but there was a case in the night is it in the 90s or yeah. the 2000s yeah in Romania where a man died and the village thought he was a vampire yeah and they like removed his heart and burned it or something that's or, right yeah totally yeah it was this is huge big thing you think, how could they still believe that? And I think ultimately, again, it's the same with this. We need to rather than ju- necessarily judge their... Going in first judgment, mm. like that's insane. How can you believe that? It's always going to get that person put on the back foot. Yeah. Because again, it will all, all, judgment will always lead to like me versus you. Yeah. So I think in the way how they approached it with a lot of those villagers, with uh-huh. a lot of the people just actually asked them, like, why, do you, what, why did you do that? Like, yeah. What are you? What are you afraid of? What is this? And I think by understanding that fear, you can then try and explain the the kind of truth of the situation. Mm, totally. And I guess that's probably the same with people like Roseanne and everything. Yeah. Ultimately, I think to have such extreme views and such passion, it's so much based in fear. Yeah. There's such a frantic fear around all these people. Mm. What is it they're so afraid of? I don't think it's it's I think like it's disenfranchisement rather than mm. fear. I genuinely think that. Like fear of I guess fear of having fear of the reality of, of their privilege being taken from them. That's yeah. that's my genuine thing. 
I've been thinking a lot about this recently, and we should talk about this more in a different episode, but, like, so many of our kind of, like, pathological responses to things are, I think, this just subconscious fear that our position, our privilege could be taken away. Mm. And we justify, and we do so much mental gymnastics to justify our response to it, which ultimately is just self-preservation more than anything else. Mm. Um, I don't want to give Roseanne any advice. Should we... we, um, should we should we give her some? I don't know. What do you want to say, Rosanna? I mean, it's so hard because you you're speaking to someone that's she would never listen to advice. I don't think. And no. Again, I again I would try to understand her and then try and approach her to try and uh, do you know what? almost like deprogram her. But I mean, if... I have some advice for her. Yeah. My advice to her is, open your eyes. Not everyone is corrupt. Fewer than you think. God bless, patriot. Not my words. The words of Q and on. <laughs> so there you go, Rosanne. That was good advice. Yeah. Well done. Thanks, Q. Next problem. Oh, we should move on just like that. Yeah, I like Thinking it. Because you do me dirty like that. Well, sorry. Do you, do you have a final? I, just, I mean, I'm just flustered now. Sorry. I don't have any final. I had nothing else to say, but it was just like. I mean, I'm very interested in that subject, but it's such an odd. It is. It's such an odd thing. I just what's to be done about it? But I guess. I think the, the the one thing that shouldn't be done is for us to just ignore it and hmm. act like those are those are like tinfoil hat people that aren't of any danger because yeah. that is not true. Well, I mean that's how the Second World War happened. Everyone mm. just laughed at the Nazis until suddenly they were in charge of Germany. Anyway, that's true. That is more most certainly for a different episode, possibly on Patreon. Next problem. Yeah. So we don't have any listener problems. We would love some more listener problems. Please give us some listener problems. Yeah, please. Um, so if you guys have any problems, help us. But what we thought we were going to do is normally um, up to this point, if I've not had listener problems, I've just been looking for things that I thought were funny on Reddit, had some iconic things in it. But what I decided to do today was shout through to Lisa and say, should we maybe do a more serious one in the middle? So here is our serious take on a very serious issue. Okay. You ready for this this guy here? Oh, yeah. Okay. <clears throat> We've been together 10 years, married for 9. Our kids are 6 and 8, and shortly after our youngest was born, my husband started feeling bad. After years of doctors and tests, and sometimes worse than others, we've reached a point where there's really no cure in sight, just pain management. Some days, weeks, months, he can be almost normal. Some so bad, he doesn't get out of bed. He's gotten pretty good at existing with it, and can work okay for now, but I do everything else. Childcare, housework, school events, family social activities, shopping, holiday party occasions, yard work on top of my full-time work schedule. We can't afford to hire it to have it done. I'm having a really hard time struggling with managing everything alone. The guilt over being the healthy one and the growing resentment I feel toward him on days he can't get out of bed. We've been going to couples counselling since last March, but I feel like I can't be honest about how awful I feel because he'd either go into a full depressive state and not be able to go to work, or he'd leave me out with some sense of chivalry and I know he can't survive day-to-day life without me doing everything for him. Still, I dream of leaving though, and the life my kids and I could have if not being held back by him. Anyone dealt with this difficult conundrum, please tell me how you keep from going crazy. I don't want to resent him. It's so much more common for women to suffer chronic pain that I can't find support group for wives like me near here. Maybe I should try one online to start? For those with chronic pain, what is a good way for me to discuss this with him? I know I can't fathom what he goes through daily, but I don't think he understands my position either. Writing that, I understand how whiny it sounds. Oh. 
So I picked something that I thought, like, that's going to be really hard. Because I actually was just really curious. I, something I would have maybe talked to you about if I'd seen that somewhere out with this podcast. Because that's such a hard thing. I'm pretty confident in my advice. Are you? What's, yeah. your, what's your advice? So first, I mean, obviously I know a little bit about chronic pain through... Um, I've mentioned on the podcast before, hey Rachel, so Rachel, my friend Rachel had some had health problems and she had an issue with some chronic pain mm-hmm. um, due to a nerve problem. Yeah. Um, and it was, it was, it was so difficult for her and chronic pain is, it's such a horrible thing that I think not a lot of people talk about. Because no. I think people don't understand how much it can wear a person down. Totally. And you know, there's no relief from it. Um. I would suggest to them to to actually look at alternative methods of pain relief. Like right. I know Rachel found acupuncture hugely helpful. Okay. But dealing with the sort of emotional side of it, I mean, it's incredibly complicated because I think um, I think it's very similar to dealing with anything mm. as a as a as a partner, mm-hmm. and I think um, it's similar when dealing with. Uh, you know, any illness or even mm. a mental health issue, I think ultimately, as hard as it is for him to... Uh, and you can understand how he would feel like, you know, he would want to like leave because he felt like a burden or... Yeah, completely. Or he would just yeah, couldn't handle that kind of guilt or something. Yeah. I think ultimately, her part needs to be acknowledged. Mm-hmm. The difficulties she faced need to be acknowledged. Mm. And it needs to be very open and out there. You know, yeah. when I went through a really difficult time with my mental health, you know, mm-hmm. it was a sore point for me to talk about it. You know, I didn't want to mm. talk about it and I didn't want to hear when things were difficult for you. Yeah, bear balls. Thanks. You agree with me. Um, I didn't want to, because the guilt was overwhelming. It was, mm. it was, it was, you almost couldn't handle it. But yeah. ultimately you can't, you can't, take someone's pain away or not acknowledge mm. someone's pain just because you can't handle hearing it. If you're sharing a burden together and you're in a, f- a fight together, you know, pure you mm-hmm. two against the world type thing, it has to be f- a joint thing. Yeah. There can't be sort of any un... any sort of closed doors on that. It needs to be very, like, cards on the table. Everything needs to be talked about. Yeah. And I think that doesn't... I mean, I'm saying this like it's kind of easy, but it's completely not. No. It's completely not. So, um, <clears throat> I guess the thing that, like, we talk about it a lot of the time, and there's a lot of people, this comes up a lot of the time in, in the way that we frame discussions about relationships a lot nowadays, is emotional labour. And this this woman is obviously, feels like she's spending a, a lot of her both emotional and physical labour mm. on the relationship. Um, and I think we've almost got to a spot where people feel like they're entitled to the relationship, but also to live their life in the exact way that they want to at all times as well. Completely. And sometimes loving someone N- is hard sacrifice. work. Needs sacrifice. Yeah, sometimes, completely. sometimes, sometimes you're not going to get a, a a reward or mm-hmm. a, a even acknowledgement for going out of your way to do something for someone else. And completely. That I think is it is not is it fair? Is it fair that this guy has a chronic pain well, condition? Well, that's the thing. No. Is it fair on you that you have to pick up the slack? No. But things aren't fair and you know what that that's really shit. Yes. Yeah, sometimes awful. things aren't fair, yeah. you know. Like 
the world can be an awful place. Mm-hmm. You know, like wars happen, kids get cancer. Yeah. Things aren't always fair. And mm-hmm. you're right. There needs to be a sort of acknowledgement of that. Yeah. And I feel like sometimes people don't want to do that. They don't want to. No. They don't want to accept that that's not. But this is but this is what's so frustrating because it just occurred to me that listening to the problems that you're having and think about what you're having to do, you shouldn't need to burden that on your own. We should live in the kind of society mm. that has enough of a kind of community goodwill element that that burden is taken off your hands. But this is the problem. Like it's the same it's the same sort of motivation that you have for like, well, I want to just, you know, I my life's not perfect and I resent it. Well, I mean, it's if everyone feels like that, then what happens? We end up in a society well, where no one's going to help you out with this. Well, but, compl- but that's completely the point, though. Like, yeah. In a way, and in a way, I guarantee you, see if they didn't have this problem, yeah. they would live their sort of regular, normal life yeah. with their kids, and they're like going to brunch and doing whatever mm-hmm. they fucking normally people do. And they probably they wouldn't care. No. They wouldn't care about someone else. They wouldn't... Oh, you know, they wouldn't... And that's the problem. Everyone only thinks about themselves and they don't consider mm-hmm. how shit things are until shit hits the fan. Absolutely. Do you know what I mean? And it's like, you you might see a fucking homeless person on the street mm-hmm. or a disabled person and think, oh, that's a shame. Yeah. But you just go on living your life and mm-hmm. you don't consider that. And it isn't until it's in your back door. Yeah. At your back door, you're like, oh, shit. The yeah. world isn't fair. And and likewise, I do think that, you know, your fe- this woman's feelings are valid. Completely. And I think it's really, really important that she's able to, number one, vent those feelings Talk in a, in a constructive mm-hmm. way. Maybe not to him. Because you have to understand that what with what he's going through, there's just, there's uh, there's maybe too much emotional baggage for him to also be your therapist on the mm. matter. But number two, I think she really needs to take some time to actively and mindfully mourn the life that she thought she was going to have with oh, this person. Oh, wildly. We talk, and that's something that I like. I'm, so I always suggest to people, and it's like mourning the life that you mm-hmm. thought you would have, or you know, all these things is really important. I yeah. think. Because it it kind of creates a sort of closure to that. Yeah. That, and, you know, it's so difficult because what is he meant to do? Well, you exactly. Know? What is the well, guy supposed he, to do? Well, he, I mean, I guess what he can do is he can allow a, a more open dialogue. Mm-hmm. But I guess in order to do that, he needs to mm. feel secure in the fact that like mm-hmm. she's not saying he's a burden and she's not yeah I, I, think, I, mean, I, mean, I think it's difficult for him to get to that stage when she's writing letters on reddit that are basically here is the reason that I'm the victim well, of my husband's well, chronic pain condition because in a way she kind of is saying he's a burden yeah well yeah she I mean? is that's exactly what she's saying yeah. I think finding a support group is hugely beneficial mm-hmm. and it was reminded of and it was something she that, should start one online if she can't if she can't if she can't get to one she should find one online or start one for herself because like she said you know women are more more usually yeah. the, the victims of chronic pain conditions but I would say that there's many different I mean I think maybe she's looking in too small of a box for that mm-hmm. there's many different support groups that aren't necessarily as specific as that true like for example I know that there's support groups or for partners of people that aren't necessarily gender specific, for partners of people with say like uh, dementia or something like that. Yeah. Which I didn't realise was a thing, and it wasn't until there was a Grace and Perry thing <gasps> where he did a program about identity, and he made this like amazing vase for this couple. One of them had dementia. Oh okay. my god! It was literally like. Did you weep? Oh like my an, god! Like I like wept like a right? or like a baby, but like yeah, that on that they showed that the. 
the wife, I think, went to a, a support group and mm. had lots of partners and their all their partners had, I think, dementia, I oh, think it was. And I'm like, sad. but you know, but th- there's a very similar thing there, you know, whether you're a carer for someone or your partner just has an illness or something, there'll be similar things. I think she could kind of go to similar yeah. support groups that weren't necessarily specifically for totally. chronic pain. Because yeah. in reality, the the day-to-day situation is probably, there's a lot of overlap. Yeah. Just to get that, because a lot of it, for her perspective, is probably to, the ability to vent. Mm. I imagine if she could just vent and release a lot of that frustration, maybe say the things that she's too scared to say to him, yeah. it would make her feel a lot better. Yeah, you kind of think uh, feelings need to be out there and tangible before you can maybe work on why you think you feel that way or how you can get past feeling that way. But I think, like, it's really sad to, to be dreaming of the life you could have. You, you are creating a situation in which he is the burden. Mm. And, you know, I, I've met a lot of people, I've never met one person that's that good at actually genuinely hiding their emotions. True. Like, if you have a resentment of that scale, do you seriously think you're hiding it from him? Because you're not. True. And then that's probably why it's so hard for him to have that conversation. Yeah. Or to have a very honest conversation because he totally. get he, he feels that he's a burden. Yeah. And I just, and ultimately, the way I see it is, mm-hmm. she can change how she approaches the situation. Totally. He is very much limited by his this condition that he yes. has got. It's yes. not his fault. He's mm-hmm. this is this is the, the, the kind of burden that he must carry. So I think to abandon someone like that yeah. is True love is 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 being willing to inconvenience yourself at the very least for the person that you love. And so if you think like that, can you really truly be capable of love? But well, that's the way I see it like that. And maybe we see it quite simply. Maybe we see it simply. I know a lot of people yeah. don't see it like that. Okay. I know a lot of people will always kind of consider themselves. Yeah. And like, you know, mm-hmm. love has that conditions, you know? Yeah. True love is, oh no, I totally love you. Until. Yeah. I totally love until you. Until you're too yeah. much of a hassle and yeah. you're encroaching on my life. Well, then then it, I'm yeah. over it. Mm-hmm. Which... I don't know. Maybe we see it too black and white because I just don't understand how that means that you love someone. Well, weirdly, when I was looking through Reddit for these problems, um, I found literally, like, I felt like every second problem was like, oh, I'm thinking about leaving my partner because they've got they've got mental health problems. Like, I couldn't believe how prevalent. Oh that no, was. that's really common. But that's the thing. Oh, like, I yeah. guess maybe. I mean, I guess ultimately, it's you can live your life however you want. Yeah. And if that is something that you don't want to deal with, then why should you? That's your decision. Yeah. But if you say you love someone, if you if you say you love them forever, like the way I don't understand how it can be so conditional like that, you know, yeah. to fall out of love with someone because they're an asshole mm. or because, you know, they cheat on you or something. Yeah. Don't just, to do it over an illness, well, let's face it, you're a fucking asshole. A you're bit, just too inconvenient. You're just like, mm, I don't want to deal with this anymore, so. Touch, touch mm. of that, yeah. You're right, but <sighs> in a way, we have to understand her situation. Yeah. She is in a difficult situation. Oh, no, totally, she is. It's a difficult situation, but again, it's one of those things where you need to vent. I think, but then you also need to really consider what it means to love someone, and you need to stop looking for a trophy for being such a good well, person. How I would say was, and it sucks that she has to do all that stuff. That's but awful. if it was so, if it was her kid, would she want to get rid of her kid? Good question. Because that's Ooh, one thing curveball. that's interesting. Well, you know, Ooh, you parents, bitch. and it's so funny because. 
parents will never leave their kids. Mm. Most parents will will never leave their kids that ill. Totally. But you would leave your husband or your wife. Surely, if so. that undying love, you should have the same for your husband or wife as you do for your kid. And I know it's different because mm. it's your child, and you would, you know. Totally. But. I just think that's kind of interesting because yeah. I know a lot of people that perhaps have accidents and stuff and I've seen a lot of documentaries of people have been in like car accidents mm-hmm. or something and they end up like paralysed or something you know their relationships have broke down and they've yeah. always ended up back with their parents uh, yeah. you know which is heartbreaking to me I agree I guess the way I think the, 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 the takeaway point is mm. there's a lot of things that she needs to do and he needs to do they both would need to work on the situation, but ultimately, yeah, sometimes love is sacrifice. Love, indeed, Lisa, is sacrifice. And I think if you are finished with that, that takes us really nicely onto our final problem. Okay. Do you like my radio voice there? Yeah, I did. I don't know what's happening. To be that's, honest, that's I just to just go for a, a little radio transition because I saw I saw an opportunity. I took it. Okay, that's fine. Okay, so um, final problem of the day. Okay. Are you ready for this? I am. Definitely right. This is right in your wheelhouse. Oh. <clears throat> so I'll try to keep this as short as possible. I still feel sick in my stomach. I knew Stacy, not real name, for two years prior to me moving overseas to be with her. We met online, became friends, and then some two years later, just kind of fell in love. It was deep. So much so that I decided to move overseas to be together with her. Life is an adventure, after all. Anyway, things had been going well initially, though began to get a little challenging due to her night shift work. It can be hard going to bed by yourself every night when you're in a foreign country, not knowing anyone else but your partner. I began to get a bit homesick too, which actually made her angry and upset. I was missing out on big events happening back home, but I knew the sacrifices were worth it. However, during these bouts of homesickness, I ended up having to console Stacy rather than the other way around. Despite me being the one needing the emotional support, I was made to feel like my homesick feelings were wrong or not allowed. Maybe that was a red flag. When in the kitchen one night, I discovered a stack of papers in one of the cupboards. A big bunch of what appeared to be handwritten letters. Not the ones I'd sent her, though. It became clear. These were from prisoners doing serious time in US prisons. A quick Google of some brought up that they were double murderers, killers, etc. They were very romantic and talked about trying to get out and start a life together. I couldn't find any dates on them. I felt sick. I literally began throwing up. She was at work at the time. I didn't know what to do. Throwing up? What a dramatic reaction. Stacy was starting to appear like someone I didn't even know. I now began fearing for my safety. Days later, when looking for a lost bus card down the side of the couch, I discovered a knife. <laughs> not, not like a kitchen knife, but a proper weapon knife. What the hell? Why would that even be there? This hasn't done anything to make me feel safer. After those two discoveries, I'd begun to feel myself turning into the kind of snoopy person I despise, but I just feel like I have zero trust for Stacy now, and like... I don't even know how this person who I moved across the planet to be with. I feel so alone, with no support network here, no friends or family. The closest person in my circle of friends or family is over 16,000 kilometres away. 
During Stacy's night shifts, I couldn't help but start to snoop around the apartment we shared. I justified to myself that my own safety was potentially at stake. Then, I found a positive pregnancy test. Oh my god. Cue up that whole feeling sick of the stomach feeling again. It seemed old though, which, in a way, was of slight relief. Why would you keep this in her drawer? I really don't feel like I know her anymore, and combined with the homesickness, increasing emotional absence from her, I'm starting to admit I may be fucked up with this whole decision. I feel like I can't return home though. The stress of this is destroying my health, I'm constantly sick, I haven't brought it up to Stacy yet because my anxiety is through the roof. I had going away parties, left a good job, everyone was happy for me that I was moving overseas to be with my girlfriend. I feel so stupid moving back after just two to three months. What should I do? I'm finding it hard to accept that someone I wanted so much is clearly not working out. Whenever I bring up an issue with her, she becomes aggressive and it never gets resolved. Well, well, my advice, marry her. Yeah, marry Stacey. She seems like fun. (laughs) Um, She seems nice. That's weird because by my intro, I was a serial killer pen pal. Yes, uh, you and Stacey have a lot in common. I mean, I found your knife, by the way. Uh, I found the butterfly knife, the machete, the butcher's cleaver, all of them. You haven't found them all, if that's all you found. I found all of them. Oh, you haven't? I found the one that's like brass knuckles with a knife (laughs) on it. I found the pink Hello Kitty one. (laughs) For all of them, Lisa. All oh, right, the one in the comb. <laughs> Didn't find that one. Shit. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I love her. She's amazing. I mean. <sighs> so the old positive pregnancy test in the drawer. I mean, she could just be um, a hoarder and just I'm not throw so- stuff away. No, let's face it. That's I'm kept there to trap someone. I'm that's sorry. kept there to trap someone. I do not want to contribute to negative stereotypes of women because I find them ideologically incredibly damaging to the entire cause of feminism and not representative uh, of most cis women as a whole. However, Stacey has got herself a little man trap in the drawer. I think we all yeah. I think we can all agree that that's okay for me to say. She does. And I mean, okay, first of all, I mean, okay, I feel very bad. Is it him? It's I think so, well, isn't it? I'm pretty sure yeah. it's him. Yeah, it's, it's so, it in the right. Hang on, let me check. Let me check so we're not misgendering this person. I don't want to be doing that. It is uh, him. Yes. Right. So, I feel like okay, I feel I do feel bad for him. This is a kind of oh. tough Sorry, so I always, sorry to interrupt you, you can get back to there in a second, I just wanted to say, um, I always ignore the Reddit title because it's got their ages in it and I find it hard to read out. He is 24, she is 31. Ah, okay, okay, so, right, I mean, I do feel bad for him because, you know, that's a really tough situation, but I also feel like, uh, what are you going to do, right, I mean, firstly, he threw up when he found the letter. I feel physically sick. No, he said I was physically sick. I know. Like what? Ugh! What a whiny reaction. Jesus Christ! I can't believe it. She's, she's allowed. She's one. She's allowed she, to write horny letters to prisoners if she wants. That's true. You're not on her. Yeah, it's true. That's kink shaming. It is, and you know, he, ugh, why would you throw up over that? Like, chill the fuck out. Oh, you're gonna be sick. These are murderers. Yeah, oh, right. Good. They're in fucking. They're in America. They didn't murder someone. They'll probably be fucking on death row or something. You don't have to be worried. We're gonna break out like yeah, Shawshank Redemption thing. style. This is the thing. I mean, he, he just needs to chill out a little bit. Like he's really went there. Can he's just... fully like in a film yeah. that the criminal's gonna break out and just be like, "Hey, Stacy, I broke out of prison. Now we can finally be together." Yeah. Oh, who the fuck is this guy? Yeah. And then he's gonna shoot you. That's probably not gonna happen. Like he rolls like, up with like. 
like a fucking a slick back hairdo or a pair of aviators, like a leather jacket and a white no, vest no, 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 and an old Camaro. Like, with no, a no, no. Knife. He just like comes through the window with like fully with his orange jumpsuit on. <laughs> no, like he's, he's look, got like no, wait, he's got a little hat and like a little fucking uh, pair of what's that called? Like a, a blindfold on with the holes in it. What's that called? An eye mask and a stripy white jumper, like a burglar. He's got like a big bag over no, his shoulders and a swag. Why would he be like that if he's he was in prison? You ruined that. That was funny and you just made it shit. You're talking about like a cartoon thief. Podcast is over. <laughs> no, right. So, yeah, he, he's taken it way too far. I mean, the knife, some women keep knives stashed around their house. For yeah, that's protection. fair. That's fair. I'm okay some with that. Some women keep like knives under their pillow. Um, so, who knows what the knife is? Or maybe she's just a messy. And that's why she keeps pregnancy tests and like knives. I mean, you probably should have known what met and maybe knew more about this person before you moved overseas as the key, as he keeps well, putting it. This is 16,000 kilometres. wonder where... So I'm it, saying America to Australia. That's my theory. Oh, really? I think so, yeah. So wait, is she in Australia or was... Is, I think, was I think, he, uh, yeah, I think he's, she's in I mean, anyway, meeting someone online, you know, that can be kind of dodgy anyway and then moving that far seems a bit... Pop- also, like, he seems very whiny about... Um, you know, her personality. Yeah. Could that be the fact that she's slightly older, she's just perhaps a bit more confident and dominant than he's used to? Possibly. Or perhaps she's just a massive bitch. Oh, <laughs> uh, I mean, it seemed a bit weird that she was, ups- she was like, kind of be shitty about him being homesick. I did feel a little bit bad for him. Well, though. no, you don't know, because he seems really whiny, so it might be how he went about it. Honestly. Not like... You just can't... You, just, you're feminazis. I... We you, just can't win. So... First of all, yo, you're a chauvinist pig. Okay, I'm going to be sensitive now. Well, you're a whiny little bitch now. Just well, can't no, win with you. Do you know, like, the, like for example... If you, like, if we lived apart and you moved and you were, like, homesick, yeah, that could make me feel really shit. It could make me feel like you didn't want to be there, yeah. or you just hated me, or you thought you regretted it. That would make you feel like a burden. So, in reality, what I'm saying is, it could be how, like, she could be annoyed by how he's saying it. Maybe, yeah. You know... Yeah, you're right. He does seem to have a bit of a flair for the dramatic. Well, yeah, that's what like, I'm saying. It's just he's. I really, just feel so alone. Yeah, I mean, he's very dramatic. I mean, or again, she could just be a massive bitch. I missed my auntie's birthday yesterday. I, I know. To be honest, that was one of the things that bothered me. See when yeah. he was like, "I'm missing all these things" or whatever. I'm like, "Oh, what is it?" Like Brenda's. My neighbor's son was christened on Tuesday, and you were on night shift, and I was alone. Right. I mean, oh, it's my auntie's, my great aunt Susan's <sighs> fucking retirement party. I miss that like no one cares Steve like no one cares Um, I mean in the letters why was he so shocked by the letters so um, I think he's just basically a bit of a sensitive boy right okay I think it's like I can't believe I mean I guess many people would be shocked at I have a question someone writing letters to murderers Stacy, question for Stacy. Why are you leaving your fucking sexy prison letters in the kitchen cupboard? Well, I guess that's how little they mean to her. Oh, it's just again, it just seems like a bit of a silly place to leave. Why are you leaving any letters in the kitchen cupboard? More importantly, was it in the kitchen cupboard? Yeah, the kitchen cupboard. So I'm just like, you know, put them, lock them up somewhere else, and. I think I do feel a little bit like okay. I was joking earlier that they're in America, so they'll be in prison forever. They could get out. What's she going to do? She seems to have a lot of different fish on the hook. Kind of feels like what if she reels in a couple at once accidentally. That is true. Um. So there is a so there is a fetish about that though. Oh really? Yeah. Well, you're attracted, and it's hard to pronounce. 
hyperstophilia. Hyperstophilia. Okay. It's basically, a sexual attraction to bad boys. Things to a partner like having known a committed crimes or murders. You see. Um. Basically, that's what all the women that love serial killers have. Ah. Um, I mean, I joke about being here for it, and I'm like a serial killer pen part, but obviously, I wouldn't actually. I don't really condone that. Obviously, oh, I do. You I do a little I bit, do. don't you? You're just I don't second cond- getting yourself. Uh, yeah, there. I mean, I don't. Uh, I don't condone murder. I do condone writing letters to murderers because you're horny for them. Well, I, for me, I just I'm I, I'm like so interested in why they would do it. Why so what I think you should do write a letter to a serial killer. No, I think he should. You know. Get 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 some get working out. Get himself good and buff. Get a tan as if he'd been out in the yard all day. Get an orange jumpsuit and like, ah. a, put on a, and like a toothpick and be like, "Hey, babe, have the big, I think best sex like, of his life." Yeah, totally. I think she'd fucking love that shit. Yeah, maybe she'd be respect honest, you a No, bit more. he needs to come home. Like, I get it. That would be tough. Everyone's giving you the going away party, and what are you doing? You've uh, left a good. You've left a good job. I mean, that was your first mistake. You know how hard it is to get a good job and you've right. left it to meet some girl you didn't even meet. You're 24, what are you doing? Like, I'm going to move across the other side of the world and settle down with someone I've never met. Yeah, that Come was, on, that was dumb. Like, and you can find a, a lot of people find good relationships online now, that's not the problem. The problem is the fucking speed with which you've pure fucking dove into this. Well, he said it was two years they were talking, but even I mean, still. but it's not even about, I'm not, yeah, I'm not criticising people meeting online, it's more that you can find, find meeting online, but there needs to be a certain level of casual interaction face to face like you can't just meet online and then go and get married in yeah. real life like chill the fuck out a little bit and to be honest he seems quite dramatic and you're a mm. little whiny yeah. so I feel like everyone around you won't be that surprised when you yeah. come home so I feel like totally. you need to just think that's actually not the issue that is for future reference as well step one go on dates step two spend the night step three spend a weekend together Step four, go on a holiday together. Did you, you get that from you, like a rom-com? If you can get through, That's literally if you can from get a through step four, then you can maybe think about moving in together. That's from a rom-com. Is it? Yeah, totally. Is it actually? Yeah. I thought I made it up. <laughs> no. Oh, it's just a subconsciously etched into my mind. Yeah. Oh, well. I mean, I guess it makes sense, but like... That's, I'm not saying, obviously, it's not possible for every couple, but if you follow a version of that, you're going to make sure that you're not escalating too quickly and landing on someone who's actually I mean, got that's a bunch of knives, pregnancy tests and serial killer <laughs> well, letters. but can I just say, though, right, it's funny, because I always think that. I was watching the... You know, I like true crime things. I was watching that mm-hmm. show, The Staircase. It's new to Netflix. Um, that I I actually watched the old version of that documentary. But anyway, I was thinking about that. You know, like they the they arrest the husband for the murder of the wife, and yes, and they you know like they start to look into the husband, and things start to appear. And I'm like, isn't that funny? How it's always the way in every fucking true crime thing. Right. And I'm like, yeah, because if you look into any person, you're gonna find stuff. And in a way, you're kind of snooping on this person. Yeah. So like. Maybe a lot of it's context. Maybe because you're seeing this huge thing, mm. you're seeing like maybe the knife just fell down the sofa. Maybe the pregnancy test isn't even hers, or maybe, maybe she just is messy and forgot to put it in the bin. Maybe it's not even her knife. Maybe it's one of her prison boyfriend's knives. You didn't think <laughs> right? about that, did you? You know, I just feel like maybe you should give her the benefit of the doubt a little bit. But at the same time, I think none of these are actually the problem. Uh. The problem is you have moved all the way to the wherever country you're living in. With a person that you don't actually know that well. Yeah. 
Because I think if you knew that person better, you would jump to conclusions. Totally. Like if Dave found serial killer letters, yeah. she, he would think, ah, Lisa finally wrote to a serial killer. And if you yeah. found a knife, you would just say, what the fuck is this knife doing? Totally. You know what I mean? And hey, Lisa, so why is your knife here? Is it here for a reason? <laughs> Did you leave that here deliberately? I don't understand how houses work. <laughs> that's what I'd say. You know what I mean, though? I'm just like, I just think that's the issue. So you should get the fuck home and split up with her before any of her prison boyfriends get. <laughs> There's part of me wants to say, like, uh, you know, oh, just you should probably ask her about these things. Hey, see so your prison boyfriends. Are you getting with any of the prison boyfriends now, or are you happy with me? Or yeah, was that the what's past? For? Or is, what's is, the... That, is this pregnancy test related to me in any way? Did I get you pregnant? Is it an old one? Is everything okay? But like, you know, I also feel at the same time there is the outside possibility she might just stab him up. Or how does he know the pregnancy test is old? What is he like? Sniffed? Is he like? How does he tell? How how is he telling it's rather old? What has it got dust on it? Like what's the situation there? What if she's pregnant right now and she's just put it in a drawer until yeah. she finds the right time to tell him? Totally. Or it's a very early on stage pregnancy and she mm. wants to wait till having this conversation with her very new boyfriend that they're actually yes. going to have a baby. You know, it could be... Look, this is the thing. When you assume stuff a lot of time, like, he's clearly all taken it to this really extreme way. It could, yes. It could be nothing. But I just think ultimately none of that even matters. <laughs> yeah. He just needs to not be there. Yeah, she deserves a better man. Perhaps one that's serving five to ten. A tough, rugged prison murderer mm. guy. I mean, I hope that doesn't happen because he'll probably just kill her. And don't judge her for a fetish. A lot of women like that. Yeah, she might just get off on it. Fuck it. Right? Jeez. Right. Plus, the fact that they're just nope. out there implies that they're old. You're still I going? Think. I'm here for her. I'm on Stacey's side. Yeah. Uh, I gotta remain neutral because I can't be bothered talking about it anymore. Okay, okay. Okay, we are done. That is the podcast over now. Goodbye. Okay, wait, we didn't say the proper Come on, bye. Bearwalls. Say bearwalls. Say something, bearwalls. He's trying to just hug me. Say it. Say meow. He's just silent meowing. Damn it. You're not going to get a meow if I'm putting him down. He's shy today. You finally get your big shot, bearwalls, and you fucking blow it. <laughs> oh, no, bearwalls. He's just silent meowing into the mic. Damn it. God damn it, Bear off. I mean, this is really ruining the end, to be honest. I love you, bye. Love, love you, you, bye. bye. I it's not good enough ending. Okay, let's just... Send us problems. Yeah. Uh, give us reviews. Um, we won't be late le- again. We won't be late again. Yeah, we're never going to be late ever again. Send fan letters to Bear off. <laughs> Keep an eye on us on social media because we're going to have more accounts soon. Uh, we'll get more information about Patreon in the next few weeks. Hope the problems helped today and resonated with you. Uh, that's all I can think of saying. Try again now? Oh, yeah. Okay, one, two, three. Love you, bye. Love you, bye. All I want to do when I wake up in the morning is see you lie. Rosanna, Rosanna. Never thought that a girl like you could ever care for me.